Industry Under Pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. Here we are in the brand new, nearly complete uh, podcast studio that has been (laughs) lovingly assembled by our friends here at uh, ARC Specialties. The Robot Club. The Robot Club. Well, we we refer to you guys as the robot. We say we're going over to the robot factory. Now, this doesn't look like a robot factory except... Oh, and by the way, I'm here with uh, Dan Alford, who is the founder of the robot factory. And you've been... This is... We've done a couple of tech show episodes already, I think. Right, and, but we, we, this they, is all new because we're going to christen our new, this is all new Houston Advanced Technology Studio. Yeah, that's right. It, this is the now. Uh, those of you uh, following along at home, you can't see, but we got a nice, we got a whiteboard up here, and we got some, we got a nice uh, count up or countdown timer. This is going to tell us. This is going to be good for us because we don't um, always. Well, when you run over, it starts to buzz. It starts to buzz, right? So. Um, you also can't see uh, Johnny and Trevor sitting back here, but they're uh, they're they're supervising the procedure. And uh, hat so hat studio, that's what it says on the whiteboard. Hat studio, Houston Advanced Technology Studio, studio. Houston Advanced Technology Studio. And uh, there is some advanced technology. We, we are going to christen it here in just a minute, but but we got to talk about this first. Ah, this is a this, this is an old Kuka robot. Uh, and that's what we do for a living. We build robots, and I've got a couple of interesting stories for you today about some projects we've got going on. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. So, this is, what what when it was alive during its during its lifetime, what did this robot do? That was a material handling robot. It would pick things up and place them. Pick and place is the term, and uh, it's since been retired. But uh, it, it makes a nice prop here in the in the hat studio. It does, so the best part about this is you got this bolted to this uh, in this little table here. And uh, so yesterday when, when Audrey, our producer was here, she was checking things out, I said, hey Audrey, move that table a few inches over to the right. <laughs> and and this thing weighs like what, like 600 pounds? No, not, <laughs> I mean, not, not that much, but it's not lightweight. It's, it's, it's a heavy duty industrial robot. It's gotta be heavy. It's heavy, yeah. So she came over and she was like trying to, and it wasn't going anywhere. So uh, So we got that. And uh, and we have a bottle uh, you brought, and this is a kind of a nice surprise for me. You bought brought a bottle of champagne to christen the right. We with. can either crack it over the robot or, or we could drink it. It's your call. I'm a, I'm looking at the tech crew for that call. Do we crack it over the robot or? Yeah, they're not cleaning it up. <laughs> well, then so we'll have to drink we it. We should drink it. And not only that, but even better than the champagne. Yeah, still, we got a couple of glasses. Still working out the kinks here. Um, so tell me about these glasses because oh. these are not. Your everyday champagne glasses. No, these are better. These are special occasion yeah, uh, champagne those glasses. Are, those are some extremely expensive champagne glasses. At least they were. Those are titanium valves out of a top alcohol funny car. But after the motor blew up, uh, the valves didn't seal. So uh, we decided we'd make them into champagne glasses. So we glued the plastic cup on top, and uh, there you go. So I recognize this now because in, my, in, in the last episode of the tech show, which I, I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but... Uh, 
I went on, I, I did, I talked about this uh, article about, uh, what do they call it? Top shelf gasoline or something like that. Top, top fuel, not top shelf. I'm thinking top yeah, fuel. Yeah, whatever. And, uh, and they had a picture of the three valves. The one was brand new and then the one was had had good gas with detergent in it and it was sort of clean. And then there was the other one and it wasn't, and it, 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 they were just like this. Well, I know this one's bent. That's, that's what makes it unique. It, so they don't work after they bend. So after we blew the motor out of the funny car, we, we kept the valves. Is it bent? I don't Slightly. It doesn't it? take much. It doesn't look bad. All right, anyway, so let's open the, uh, so, and uh, you, you got a hand injury, so. It's, it's about gonna, you, yeah. Yes. Anyway, while I do this, what are we, uh, so what are we gonna talk about today? I, you, I got a couple of ideas that I, you know, right. I like our projects here, but. Uh, I know, but so, so when we were talking earlier, you said something about, you said something about a robot that goes around and finds work finds for itself. Work. Indeed, you know, right, and traditionally you bolt the robot to the factory floor, you bring work to it. But you know, as they say, if, if the, the work won't come to the robot, then the robot should go to the work. So we've, we've decided to make uh, welding robots mobile. It's really gonna open up a lot of possibilities. Uh-oh, oh. broke the cork off. Broke the cork off, this isn't good. How old is this champagne? Oh, it's brand new this morning. I think you broke it. I, it just, it just felt. Is this like trick champagne? Like when you put the, when you put. If the, anybody uh, would carry a corkscrew, it would be you. Uh, I don't have one, but but, uh, but this guy does. Well, thank you, sir. Thank goodness he's here. It's okay. You can be in the shop. You guys, by the way, we'll get you guys a cup as well. So. This robot finds work for itself. Right, and, and uh, there's a lot of stuff in this world that's too big to fit in a building, right? And so that's a good application for mobile robots. They're ships, buildings, things like that. Right. But the problem is uh, the robot has to know what it's working on and it has to know where the part is relative to its own position. So the, what we're doing with the, uh, the mobile robot is it goes and finds work and then... <laughs> <laughs> As we said, it, it's a brand new studio. All right, we're still working the kinks out here, folks. Johnny, when are you going to get those real uh, mic stands? All right. Um, so go on. I'm listening. So the hard part is getting the uh, the robot to find the part, and and so this well I've got here on the table. That's a one-inch thick well. This is high-strength steel. So that steel is uh, six times as strong as. Uh, yeah, I see that. Uh, well, let's say four times as strong as, as a traditional structural steel. So it's not easy to weld. But that so was, I, I, okay, I, I want to pause you. Don't lose your go ahead. thought. But I've always wondered this because I've heard about this kind of steel being stronger than that kind of steel. Yeah. Um, what? It's alloy uh, and heat treatment. What? Yeah, what makes this one steel? chemistry. They call it high-strength, low-alloy. So it has a little vanadium, a little bit of carbon, a little manganese, a little chromium. And if you take all these fancy alloys and then you heat treat it, then you can triple, quadruple the strength, something like that. <laughs> but so it's, it's but hard. But that's expensive. That makes it more expensive, right? Uh, not much because, you know, we're still talking about less than 2% by weight of these alloys. But uh, that weld you see right there is 25 passes in it. So to make that, you know, back in the day, it would have taken me a week to program that. But yeah. what we've done is we've come up with a way that you just, the robot drives up to the part, and it uh, uh, orients itself to the part, and in less than five minutes, it creates the program that would have taken weeks. And then it wells it. So 
This all happened within minutes. So that, that's, that's the important part. Anybody can put a robot on a cart and drive around. What we've done that's unique is we've got it so it automatically orients itself. You got more. Hold on. All right, I want to get right. into that, but first. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get the important stuff done. Stuff out of the way. Salud. Salud. Cheers. And thank you, uh, our, our specialties, for the uh, podcast studio and the champagne. This is, a, this is a fun cup because it wiggles a little at the top. <laughs> All right. Never drank out of a funny car cup before, did you? I have not. Mm. Um, not that I know of. That's good. All right. Uh, all right. So, you got, so the robot. It's on a cart. But like I said, anybody can put a, put a robot in the back of a truck. But you have to be able to get it to quickly align and then create yeah, programs. Yeah. So, how so, so that's like, what we're how doing. How does it navigate itself around? Well, it's not navigating itself. We still have a human uh, drive it. Someday maybe we'll, we'll make oh, okay. it fully autonomous. So, it's not, it, so when you say it goes around finding work for itself. It's got a little helper. It's kind of like the way <laughs> I find work for my kids. Like the way they find work. Like, you know, like they, you, they, you drag them by the ear over to where they need to work. And then, and then they found it. Yeah, and yeah. Then, but the robot, all you have to do is tell the robot, hey, this is the beginning of the well, this is the end of the well, approximately. It goes and finds that and then uh, makes, you know, like in this case, 25 wells automatically. Uh, um, so, uh, so you say that like it, it's like super simple, like, oh, yeah, we got this robot and it does all this stuff automatically and it saves weeks of work. But um, so... Uh, Here's the problem. The world ain't perfect. What's the magic behind that? How does, oh, there's how a lot of magic. Yeah. Uh, for example, these are heavy industrial. I mean, this is a tech show. People like to hear about the tech part. So, so. Well, first thing, as soon as you take a robot out of a cage, you now have a dangerous device because you don't have a fence around it. Yeah. Okay. So how do, how do we mitigate that? What, we, what we're doing is we have laser zone scanners. And so the robot has laser zone scanners all around it. And if you approach the robot while it's trying to work, uh, initially, it will slow down, and then if you get even closer, it'll stop. So that's how. Does how, it say "Danger Will Robinson"? Because <laughs> that, that's a good idea. That would be cool. Yeah, we we need to add that feature. <laughs> and like the flashing light. <laughs> we do need something to say, "Hey, go away! I'm busy." Well, when you find that, let me know because I could use one of those myself. Um, uh, okay, so the robot. Uh, right, so I'm trying to imagine a workflow here. So, like, what's a scenario? Let's say, uh, let's say you're welding a, a big steel building, and you've got to weld okay. a, a big I-beam right. to a floor pad. Okay, right. so you, you, you drive it over using a joystick, just like you would a little electric oh. cart, and then you, you show the robot where one corner is, just approximate. And then the yeah. robot has a sensor system that goes and accurately finds that point using what we call touch work. So it finds that first point, and then you've taught the second point on the weld. It goes and finds that precisely. So you didn't have to position anything accurately. But still we have a problem. There may not be a straight line between those two points. Frequently there isn't. The world ain't perfect. And so the robot will start the arc, and then by detecting parameters fed back from the arc, we can determine if it's a straight line yeah. or a crooked yeah. line. But better than that, it makes that weld, and it memorizes it. So let's say instead of a straight line, it's an S. That's fine. Right. It remembers that because those 24 additional wells that have to go on there have to be offset to follow that same center line. But we've lost that data because we welded over it, so to speak, in the first. Uh. So it has to memorize that. So the first one is fully uh, adaptive. That means it's following the joint automatically. 
So you could actually move that joint while the robot's welding, and it would it, it would correct. It. Right, right, yeah. And so, well, but then for all the subsequent welds, all the other twenty-four it takes to fill that joint. It's it memorizes, and it can go faster on the. No, it's it's no, no. no welding procedures have very fixed feed rates and such. And oh. this, if you're welding uh, high strength materials like this, you're you're working off a certified, qualified, welding procedure. So yeah, good point. So if, but if it. If it can follow the groove the first time, so to speak, what's the advantage of all the extra code to make it memorize? Well, you have to memorize because you know it's not there anymore. Because the, the robot's assuming it's a straight line; it never is. Right. Okay. So instead, it's an S curve. So then that second pass has to follow that same S curve, but with offsets. Because yeah. as we're slowly filling this weld groove, um, <clears throat> this this is all I've done all my life is heavy weldments like this on high strength alloys, and this would have been a huge. Whoops. Uh, problem to do by hand. Who left their phone not on DND? Who could that have been? <laughs> Maybe the uh, host. Could have been the host. Um, he, he he answered it. Um, so that, that, that's should, a great thing. You know what? I should admit. I just it just occurred to me too that we we are so we got the video running today. We're doing something. You know, we're doing this a little bit. This is a little bit new where um, the, the the podcast platforms can run video now, as we just <laughs> discovered. We we knew about some of them, but we didn't know about all of them. And, uh, but, but undoubtedly, a lot of people will probably still just be listening to this like a normal podcast. And so they will be wondering what that whole crash was and all that laughing and cackling. That, and that was, that was the microphone stand falling over. Not my microphone stand. It was stand. not Dan's mi microphone stand. It was, it was, it was mine. And uh, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we've said so far? Because, you know, as soon as we get in front of the camera, we assume that everybody can see us, but some people are just listening. So, uh, oh, there's a big orange robot on a table between us. Right, and then so we got that, and we got these these cups, which you already just described. Race car the, cups the, the and, a, and a bottle of champagne and, and a, a big weld, and, 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 and we're good. And now, um, and so this, so, uh, um, so you got these 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 mobile work robots. Are right, I think are they, they deployed out there. Uh, well, we're we're certifying the very first one. Oh. You wanted something revolutionary. This is it. And so this one's actually going to be building ships. I don't know if you know this, but ships are big. And so you can't move the ship to the robots. Instead, we're going yeah. to move the robot to whatever portion needs to be welded, and it'll drive around on board and, and make these parts. Well, and some ships have got a whole lot more to them than just the ship, right? Like a drill ship or a FPSO or some of those right. things. They got that you got whole processing facilities on on the boat somebody's um, got to weld this stuff together you know or uh or uh, uh one of those boats they use for shooting seismic and things like that mm -hmm. um uh all right so what's so uh, this is what i'm missing the revolutionary part is not that the robot's on wheels and you can push them around i mean is that is that the, which what's the revolution no, you could part? you could have picked up a fork picked up a robot with a fork truck and drove it over to a weld on, yeah. on a job site but then uh for example this 25 pass weld if i'd have programmed it pass by pass would have required days to program okay there so it's the robot has to quickly use a sensor system to align itself to the part to accomplish the job. Ah, uh, it's the variability in where it's going and what it's doing. Mm -hmm. That's the... Uh, you know, robots in a factory, you give them the parts and they're all exactly the and same. And they sit in the same place and they do the same thing over and And they're over. held in a right. fixture which is always precisely positioned relative to the robot. Well, mm -hmm. that, that ain't the way the real world is. You know, imagine a drill ship and we need to weld the, uh, <clears throat> one of the crane towers to the deck. Right, I, I get it now. Right, so you're so when you're in these uh, out in the field, so to speak, in these tactical locations, it's not you're not in a factory where this robot knows that 
for the next 12 days i'm going to mm. get this part over and over and over again you're you're put, it's, it's it's adapting to the it's scenario. a new part and it's misaligned Right. And those two things combined means we need a whole new program yeah, and we need to, yeah, yeah, we need, okay. you know, in theory that, you know, that deck plate's flat. Well, it's not flat. It's crooked. Somebody I knew I was missing it. something. I knew that the big deal here wasn't that you just put a robot on wheels. No. You so, but the problem is as soon as you put a robot on wheels and push him around at different places, he gets lost. He doesn't know what to do anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I get it. Very cool. So how does it quickly become oriented to its surroundings and do something useful? It needs to go find work, finish the task move on find more work and that's the plan so who's the so who's the genius behind this software did you is this you or, or? Uh -huh, keith we'll get him on one day is keith the guy that we met out in the in keith the, loose when, yeah, when he, we did the when we did the walk around on that video and he was he had the seven axis no nah, that, that was zach i got a lot that's of zach no oh, we, that's i got a formidable crowd of smart guys you do. yeah they are smart guys all right no, Keith was actually a customer, and then, you know, when the oil patch, uh, he, he was amazing at uh, the place he was working, but the oil patch has, is cyclical. I don't know if you know this. I've, uh, I've observed a couple of times. Right, and yeah. so during one of the downturns, uh, management and their infinite wisdom laid him off. We gobbled him up, and then they've been trying to hire him back ever since. But uh, Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, uh, all right, the second thing that we... Uh, oh, that's kind of a fun one. Yeah, so this is so. I'm gonna extend the scenario here. The robot has gone off and he's found work. I mean, so you know, in, in so many words. And uh, but he doesn't have what he needs, so he has to phone home. Exactly. <laughs> or, you know, normally somebody. in a workplace, you don't want your employees to have cell phones, right? Right. Because they're always playing on their cell phones, playing games, you know, watching videos, all yeah. this stuff. Well, we found the exception to that rule. If the robot has a cell phone, right. great things happen. Unless it's a Google robot because they got feelings now. So, <laughs> so uh, our robots just want to work. They're going to be on social media. And <laughs> I, I haven't seen that yet, but uh, it's kind of interesting. We have a, a young intern who's working for us this summer, um, a UT kid out of Corpus Christi. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I tasked him with a project. First two weeks, I made him work in the shop. You know, I'm, I'm old school, so you got to be able to use your hands. So we put him in the shop for two weeks. He did a great job, impressed everybody. So we gave him a project. His project was to allow the robots to call home. And so what we're doing is we're actually equipping the robot with a, uh, a cell phone. And it's relatively cheap if you're only doing text messages. So now, I, I saw this device. When, it's a little modem. It's, it's not, not big. It doesn't actually look like a cell phone. No, it, no. No like, screen. So that way they can't they distract the robot. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't, you don't want to worry about screen time with the robot. But, but it's, uh, so, you, so you made it. You built it. It's got a transmitter and a receiver. No, you buy the modem with the transmitter. Right, right. But then you, but you it, put this thing together. I told you, man. We're a software company. That's right. You okay, so it, yeah. the robot already has tons of data in it. It knows amps, volts, travel speed, how much it's worked today, all this stuff, but it's keeping it to itself. Sure. There's, there's, a, there's a group of people in this world called IT guys. Mm. And you know what I tell them is, IT guys, tear down your firewall. But they, <laughs> but they won't do it. Yeah. And, and because of that, we can't, attack, we can't connect computers to the local networks. Right. Yeah, that's so, kind of a no-no. Well, yeah. we figured a workaround. Sure. Because uh, tunneling. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna just telephone right out. And so, I think it was uh, this morning at about ten fifty-seven a.m. The robot became sentient and sent its first message. Did it? It did send its. Okay, so 
first the Google chatbot, now the uh, our specialties. What did it? What did it say? It said, "I'm alive." <laughs> and then soon afterwards, I'm uh, calling BS on this. I don't believe. <laughs> no, it. I, I don't I, think. I, I don't. Hey, I've got. Look, here it is. It says right here. Oh no, no, no! no I've, go. I've got to print it out here. Yeah, uh, 10:41 a.m. I'm sorry. It says I'm alive, and then at 10:54 it says alert, Arc 5 PL. That's the name of the machine. Unit number 215960, or you can call it Bart. Uh, sure. Had an emergency stop. So, so somebody triggered that. Hey, I'm reading this. Oh, sorry. Okay. And then at 11 a, so it has two kinds of messages. It'll either message you when it has a problem. It says, hey, I need more wire. Uh, somebody's hit emergency stop. Something's wrong. And it, so it'll call you. And then the second one at 11 o'clock a.m., it gave us a daily update. It said that in the last 24 hours, it's deposited 48.2 pounds of Inconel wire at a duty cycle of 82%, which means that the arc was on for 82% of the time, and it only experienced one fault. So it gives you its status report. You don't even have to ask. You don't have to, you don't have to badger it all week to give you a status report like with humans. Good question. You can badger it if you'd like. Yeah, you, you can call in and say, how you feeling? And, and it'll give you an immediate yeah. update. Say, I, I feel fine, Dave. Um, so I, I, of course, the people who aren't watching the video can't see that. You're gonna have this to trust. This is clear us. proof. This is clear proof. It's it's a printout. It's a screen capture. It looks like it's a screen capture off your phone. Now, how do I know this isn't a deep fake? Because I'll show it to you on my phone. There it is. There it is. Oh, okay. All right. Here we looks go. awfully similar, doesn't it? But I've seen other things on your phone that weren't really on your phone. Uh, <laughs> we weren't going to talk about that. Your famous April Fool videos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is cool. All right. So. No, this is huge, and, and the reason it's huge is because. We have machines in 32 countries around the world. And guess what? The only time my customers will allow me to connect them to the internet is when they're broken. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the yeah. rules about the, the firewall change. Right? change. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, you know, yeah. it, if, if we have to fly to Uzbekistan or we can break the firewall, guess what? The firewall comes down. But this is a big deal, though, because we, we talk about this on, on this show. We have quite a bit over the last 18 months. Um, which is when this this whole notion so in oil and gas in general outside the ivory tower world of robots um it's not ivory in in oil and gas operations in general um there is this whole movement that you know people call it ot convergence or it goes by other names but it's this whole notion that um uh and your friend uh dan nagala Nagala. and i talked about that's his specialty this is a specialty and um and the whole thing is that for decades, we, you know, when you look out in the field, um, you know, at a, wherever it is, doesn't matter if it's a refinery or a well site or a production facility, whatever it is, uh, we've had out there where all the SCADA systems are and the industrial control systems, and we've had computers out there in those environments for decades. Like having computers out there isn't new. But what's new is in the last few years with this whole digital transformation uh, movement. Uh, oh, and by the way, those computers have been collecting data off those devices for years. And for the most part, all, all the, you know, the data that's produced by all these different controls is wasted. Yeah, it's wasted because it's just it's used for whatever function it's meant to support in the moment. But in recent years, people have come along and said, you know, what if we could get at that data and do intelligent stuff with it? 
in a way of analytics and 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 uh, you know so we can predict failures and so we can optimize stuff and like right now like Kayla who you remember you were on Unscripted and right. her company does some stuff where they're they're using soft sensors at the end of a pipeline to to basically predict when the when whatever the pipeline's carrying, the next time it's going to not have what it's supposed to have in it. But it has to let that information out so somebody can act upon it. Right. And so what happened is the IT, so usually most of that, so up until a few years, a couple of years ago, all the computers out there in, those OT, in that OT world, there were people who took care of them. And there were people who took care of the IT systems, the, the, the business systems. And there was an air gap between those systems. And... And all those OT, all the OT environments were kept separate on purpose. And in fact, culturally, they didn't even mix, right? Like, like don't bring, you know, the, the OT guys are like, don't bring all that stuff out here because, and for good reason, not only about security, the, not only security, but also like if something goes down, if a refinery goes down, you know, it's, it's seven digits within seconds of loss, right. not to mention the safety issues. Right, because uh, not everything is painted safety blue in a refinery, Indeed. and and so there's all this, so there's all this risk associated with it, and so all, along come the along come all these new, great new ideas for digital transformation, and all of a sudden you got these people showing up wanting to attach these these operational systems to networks that so that we can get at the data so that you can ultimately, uh, but but those but but those things are all ultimately connected to the uh, to the internet, you know, and uh, then the next thing you know, we have this little pipeline situation that happened. Yeah, uh, I heard about that a year ago. <clears throat> and so, um, so there's, so there's reasons like like the industry has these constraints that have been there because of things like the enormous amount of risk, the safety, the things like that. And so now the smart people have to figure out how do we, but but there's huge value in these uh, new ways of connecting things. Um, just like this example, and people have to figure out, well, how do we do this without compromising all those well, this, reasons? Well, that's why we got this workaround. All those reasons why we, yeah, yeah. So, so you don't have to. Um, I don't have to ask permission. Well, and you're not endangering anything, right? No, no. You know, so I mean, it's. I don't have to ask permission. Is the, that's the. <laughs> well, you know, if you rewind to the early 90s, we did a, my very first data logging system was on a welding aluminum and it was three inches thick and to, to, to x-ray aluminum three inches thick requires very uh, dangerous isotopes of cobalt and so they didn't have a place to x-ray these vehicles so they had to evacuate the whole building and instead we did data collection over a year period correlated our data with radiographic results and eliminated radiography so they were very motivated but back then it was interesting yeah i could actually dial into this defense plant who will remain nameless because uh, there was no security back then yeah. nobody was worried nobody thought about hacking and uh and so because everything was open back then we did great things we eliminated radiography yeah. we eliminated shutting sure. down the factory but then the hackers kind of ruined everything for us and so yeah. my, my workaround yeah. is to go three steps backwards and do uh sms phone. right but we're getting enough data that i think people will find it valuable and then maybe we can expand upon it with uh higher data flow later. So what are you going to do in environments where you, can't, where you don't have a signal? Uh, you know, that's why I've got a toolbox rather than a tool. This is another tool in my toolbox. Gotcha. And 
at, at least over here, you know, some of the countries we're in, not so much, but over here, we're going to have cell signals most of the places we're yeah, in. Yeah, or if you're offshore, you'll have a, you mm -hmm. got a cell signal, if you're out of the Permian. Hey, you know, if you give me another way to, you know, this is just the one I don't have to ask for. Shortwave radio. You could, you could do something. I'll, I'll work on it. Well, isn't, wait, that's another thing. Dan, isn't he a, Dan, he's, the other Dan, Nagala, he's, he's a shortwave short radio mm -hmm. guy, right? Like, he's the, he's like the, he's like the grand poobah of the shortwave radio uh, society or something like that. Yeah, we both have our ham license. It's it's okay. a geek thing. Yeah, I, I I didn't even realize it was still around, but I mean, obviously, it, obviously it is. But uh, yeah, you don't even have to know Morse code any longer. No. Really? I for the low grade for the license. Low, yeah, yeah. All right. That's where I'm at. All right. What else are we gonna? Um, Those are the two things that I think are gonna change. You know, in the near future, uh, probably the mobile robot more so than the texting stuff, but. You know, a lot of people like to know what their robots are doing, and uh, you can either go out and check on the robot or, or simply glance at your cell phone. So I think that'll be popular, but it won't be revolutionary. But the, being able to weld big stuff uh, in the field. You know, I used to build jackup rigs for a living. You remember what jackup rigs were? Yeah. yeah. They're not yeah. so popular any longer. Right, yeah. But uh, the final wells on a jackup rig have to be made in the field. Because we drilled all the shallow water. You're right, right. right. There's no, well, yeah. there's a couple of coastlines where we haven't. That's true. Yeah. There's permitting issues, if I recall. Well, there's new coastlines being created all the time. <laughs> but um, uh, it's interesting because a lot of when you talk about robots out in the um, these operational environments, a lot of the focus now has been on these, you know, these the, ro the other kind of robots that you don't, you know, the ones that walk around and do ballet dances and things like that but yeah, as soon as i need a, a ballet dance i'll buy one yeah. of those so, you no know. but but those are, are like the one that uh that boston dynamics has spot right the dog robot dog looking robot but the focus with those is uh basically going into harsh environments red zones and you know being able to read temperatures read gauges do all kinds of things and transmit that data back instead of sending people in there um uh you know which is useful i mean that's good you can I, I mean, if I if if I have to wake wake up at two a.m. to like check a pressure gauge, I'd rather do it from my iPad on my sofa, with with Spot doing it, than than me having to go in there and you know. I'm just tackling the high value jobs. <laughs> but, but but there's I, not. We could read a gauge too if you'd like. But those uh, but those I didn't mean to make it a competitive thing. I'm saying that but those those robots kind of have their purpose as far as being able to walk around and look at things you know you got computer vision and they can do all kinds of stuff but but yeah you're but this is like a whole nother you're talking about constructing something large and heavy or and, and you know complex. on the jacket brigs uh periodically they'd forget to release the brakes and they'd turn on the pinion drives mm. and it'd shuck off the teeth on that five inch thick high strength material and so you have to, you know, we, we called it a dental service. We'd go back and, and, and replace the teeth on the jackup. So you can rig. actually weld new ones on there that are strong enough. Or well, you better be able to. Otherwise, your jackup rigging is not going anywhere. And yeah, so, I mean, and you'd have to change the whole thing out. Right? That's impractical. That's a whole new leg. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's millions. And so many, many millions. So, no, we would go weld teeth on. So I thought that would be a good example. Yeah. You know, used to, we would <clears throat> send humans up there to do that, but that's really not necessary. Uh, now that we have a, a mobile robot, so, so the so the robot on a cart, how's he going to get into that scenario? Well, you need different carts for different problems. You know, you got. To, Can you, is that cart accessible, or does he have to like? Does he have to like need a grappling hook and and uh, uh, you know basically repel maybe, down? Maybe the, the next cart will be uh, uh, move vertically. 
but this yeah. cart is a simple one. It's it's running flat, but uh, it wouldn't be hard to to transition to an off road cart. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different cars out there. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, cool. we don't really care what the robots riding around on because once it once it finds work, it's going to lock itself into position, drop some outriggers, stabilize right. itself, and and go to work. That's really cool. Cool stuff. I think, I think it's be fun stuff. I'm looking at it. so we got this cool. You guys got this cool account timer up there, but I don't. It, I don't think we started it at zero. So yeah, we were. Close. Do you remember what, how many minutes it was at when we when we started? We're, we're probably it was probably five minutes that ticked off six mm-hmm. minutes. So we're we're probably in the neighborhood of of needing to wrap up. Um, well, it was a good first, you know, good first broadcast from the, the yeah the advanced the, technology the, studio. And you know, we're gonna do. Uh, I think we're gonna do more of this where we got. Uh, we might as well. Uh, I know most people are still gonna listen to the podcast. They're gonna listen because that's that's the convenient way. You know, you listen when you're when you're running, or you listen when you're uh, you know. Not supposed whatever. to watch videos when you're driving. Not supposed to watch videos when you're driving. Um, but but we'll, but but since we got this cool place now, and uh, and we know how to operate the camera now, so uh, we might as well just <laughs> we might as well just capture it and and put it out there, and, and if people want to watch us, uh, it, you know what it does mean though. It means I'm gonna have to be dressed all the time for the like i'm gonna have to have decent clothes on uh you know shave and things like that probably oh, but, you have enough hawaiian shirts for this i do i do have um i have plenty i have plenty so all right well dan uh uh thanks for uh, dan alford thanks for not just for being on the show but for like this this place and, oh i need to mention that that you got one you didn't just build a podcast studio because, you know, you wanted us to come in. Waltz no, we're, this is going to be You open. guys have a podcast already. <laughs> yeah, we have a podcast. Yeah, you and Johnny and, do a podcast. And, and it's uh, ro- The I Roboticist never, Chronicles. The Roboticist Chronicles. I can never. Uh, soon to be renamed, though, The Dan Alford Show. And, <laughs> I don't think so. And, uh, um, and it's out there on, on the platforms as well. And, uh, it's, and we wanted to make this available to other people. I think yeah. Johnny's bringing his uh, daughter's baseball team in. You know, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're equal opportunity. Are they going to Are they going to do a podcast? By the way, did you guys want to get in on the champagne? Just grab a cup and you, you can come on, come on over. But uh, are are they doing a podcast in here? I assume so. Yeah, video gonna, probably video. Nine of them. They're, they're gonna They're gonna skip right past podcast. Go straight to video. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be some one of them's gonna be sitting on top of that robot. Uh, it's right inevitable. Now. Yeah, they're gonna. I think I know which one it is gonna be. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. But uh, thanks for this, and uh, we'll 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 do it again. We'll do it again soon. Come back to the Robot Club anytime. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil and Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oggn.com. dot